This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is Monday, March 7th, 2021. Can we avoid saying it's Monday? Can we just say it's March 7th? Every day is Monday. Yeah. Every day is Monday. Yeah. In all seriousness, like, we're going to talk about life a little bit today. I know we don't do that much on this show. No, never. No, nope, um, no. Nope. You know, did you tell Megan you love her? No. Idiot. Um, you still haven't done that. We're all working towards something that's not nothing right now. Right, um, right. But I'm telling you, I, I can't believe it's March 7th. Am I the only one that feels like life is flying by? We'll talk about that. Quarter one is almost over. Boy, Jim Bag Snatchevich saved the Jazz. Yeah. Yeah. What a game out of bogey last night. Huge game tonight. And I think, obviously, Avi, Utah Jazz is where we need to start today because I'm curious the level of confidence amongst Jazz fans right now because on Twitter last night, everybody seemed to be all about the, oh, well, they did what they had to do to win. Whereas I was like, the Jazz suck and the season's over. Um, me? 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 I actually wasn't. Um, I just thought it was interesting, Jake, that so many people were excited. And I think you should have been excited about right. this game. But a lot of people are excited about the Jazz when it took a Herculean, historic performance from Boyan Bogdanovich. Right. Not to save the Jazz necessarily, but to save the Jazz. Right. Um, and I think it is one of the things that I find so interesting is that so many people are willing to write off the struggles of this team and just say, well, hey, this was, you know, Mike Conley wasn't playing. Mm -hmm. But when Mike Conley was playing, you got blitzed by New Orleans. So right. my question is, this last, you know, this last three-game stretch that the Jazz have been involved in where they just have not played well, has it shaken your confidence at all? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I think it's it hasn't shaken my confidence. But, you know, to be honest, I'm obviously in a different place than most Jazz fans are. I mean, I, I think that this team is – this team is the epitome of inconsistency, you know. And, and I tweeted several times over the weekend watching these games. You know, you live by the three and you die by the three. You know, last night you lived by it, right? Bogey has a historical performance – everything's great, you know, uh, we're winning a championship and we're all riding off into the sunset, you know. But then against New Orleans, you couldn't hit the ocean from a boat from three and you got blown out. It, frankly, and I'm not the only one saying it, you've got guys like Tony Jones saying that the Jazz got embarrassed, which they did, you know. And so when I look at this team, does the inconsistency shake my confidence in them? No, because that's who they've been all year. They've been inconsistent all year. And that's the thing you got to understand you know, when we talk about scheduling and, and you know, are they going going to go 19 and five and go on some insane run? And can they get to the two seed, which is something else I saw on Twitter? Like, just so we're clear, you do not want this team getting the two seed. Do you know why you don't want them getting the two seed? Yeah, because if you get the two seed, you're most likely going to run into the Clippers in the first round. And Paul George will be ready to go for the playoffs. So I don't know if anyone's seen what Reggie Jackson's doing, but he put up 35 over the weekend. So I just... I don't know, man. I think that, you know, does it shake my confidence? No, but I wasn't really super confident in this team from the get. I think that this team, you know, 
again, is just so reliant on the three going in. I mean, if they make, you know, what did they make last night? I think they have like 18 uh, or 23 makes, you know, as a team. Obviously, Bogey had 11 on his own, you know. Okay, you win that game. But if I said to you, hey, Bogey's going to have a historical night, he's going to make 11 three-point shots, could we all agree that that's a game you probably think you're going to win by like 25? You would think. Right? Like you're, you're blowing that team out. They finished this game up, what, 10 it was, I think, to end the game. So I don't know. I just – I don't love that they don't have control of these games. I don't love that seemingly, you know, you've got, what, a 25-point lead at one point over, over the Thunder yesterday, and it gets all the way down to seven, I think, at one point. And at that point, you're a turnover away here or there from them taking the lead. I mean, that's how NBA games work. They're that fast. So – I don't know, man. My biggest concern is that they don't control games late in the game. You know, they don't. It's it's kind of crazy to say this, but it doesn't seem like they know how to hold a team down. They know how to build that lead and get it going early in the game. But then when they have that 25-point lead, they don't know how to hold that lead, which is kind of crazy. They just sort of chill out. So I, it doesn't shake my trust in them, mainly because I just was like, you know, this is an inconsistent team. This is who they are. So... I wasn't particularly surprised to see them blow these leads, but I was surprised that they got blown out by New Orleans like that. That was very surprising. Well, and I, I think the thing that I say and the thing that comes to my mind is that I agree with you. I think this team lives and dies by the three, but what you're seeing is is not necessarily that they're struggling against good teams. They're struggling against young athletic teams that play at a much higher pace than the Jazz do, and I think we saw that. Um, certainly in the New Orleans game, okay, throw that game out. It was a fluke. But you look at the Rockets game, the Rockets just got up and down the floor. And, yeah, they got super hot at the end of the game. But the Jazz have a propensity in the second half. And and I don't know if it's if the right way to say it is lose intensity defensively, but they don't guard the, the three-point line as astutely as they should. That's how we saw last night the Thunder got back into this. You know, you're looking at a team in the Thunder that didn't have Lou Dort last night. You're looking at a team in the Thunder that is very young and, frankly, is, I think, the worst team in the NBA. I mean, I, I look at how bad that Thunder team is. This should have been a 30-point win, yeah. especially on a back-to-back -back night. And I ask again why Jared Butler didn't play last night. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I, I think that, you know, somebody needs to send in homicide because I believe he was found dead on the jazz bench. Yeah, like, I think so. You know what? Like, and I joke, obviously, but why is Jared Butler not playing on a night where Mike Conley is resting because of a back-to-back? -back? They want him to play in Dallas, obviously. Mm -hmm. You're not going to play Jared Butler even a single minute? You start Trent Forrest? I, I, like this, to me, the jazz are not doing what they need to do and what they can do to give themselves the best opportunity to win on a nightly basis. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that I, I wonder about. I, I think that we can talk all about Rudy Gobert's struggles over the last week against this set of teams. We can talk about Donovan Mitchell's leadership. I think a lot of their problems are self-inflicted in its rotation. I think, you know, not playing. Where was Daniel House at the end of the game last night? Mm -hmm. Royce O'Neal getting blown by repeatedly. And Daniel House was supposed to be the late game defensive stopper. Well, where was he? Yeah. I don't know is the question. That that's the biggest thing to me in this stretch. Is the Jazz to me are are, are hurting themselves more than 
the other team is doing anything significant. Mm -hmm. The Jazz just continue to blow their feet off, and I worry about going to Dallas tonight. And a game, frankly, I think that is a statement game. Um, you're two and a half behind, uh, you know, your two nearest competitors in front of you in Memphis and in Golden State. And all of a sudden, it's a little tighter than you'd like it to be. It, it, you're a game and a half ahead of Dallas. Yeah. You lose this game tonight, and all of a sudden, you're, you're going down, not up. So you have all of these concerns. You have a team in the Phoenix Suns that um, gets boat raced in Milwaukee at the end of the game yesterday, but almost won that game without their three best players. You look at Golden State, who has been pretty bad since Klay Thompson came back, as they try to figure out how to integrate him back into their offense. You have Memphis that somehow, some way, got blown out in Houston. And you're sputtering with average teams. I mean, this is an opportunity to, tonight to, to bring some intensity, to bring some importance to the floor. Mm-hmm. And really take care of business. I think tonight's a statement game. Yeah, I mean, this is a playoff game for if you're the Utah Jazz. In my in my opinion, you need to treat this like a playoff game. You you this should be everybody's a full go. You know, we're gonna see like tonight with Quinn and the rotations, this is not a play Jared Butler type game. This is Jared Butler should not play tonight. Uh and the young guys shouldn't play tonight. I wanna I don't wanna see Trent Forrest. I wanna see the best lineup you have available to you, and I want to see you go and win this game. I want to see how you're going to handle Luka. I want to see how you're going to handle Dinwiddie. I want to see how you're going to handle Hardaway Jr. Like, I want to see how you're going to handle these players because you're likely, if everything stays the same, you're going to see Dallas, you know? And I think that, like, tonight, what what can we expect out of Rudy? You know, obviously, yesterday he had himself a nice little game, as you would expect against OKC. But what do we what do we see against Dallas, a team that you know typically plays pretty you know small, like you know that's not like they've got a front line big man on their team. So you know I would expect Rudy to have a big game. But overall, I just think when I look at this stretch, you know, again, and I know we've done this a lot, but you've just come out of again playing a lot of these younger athletic teams. So you have Dallas tonight. Hopefully, you win that game. But obviously, this is one that you can't assume. This is going to be a tough game. But then again, you're you're going San Antonio, Sacramento, and then you have the Bucks, Chicago, the Clippers, the Knicks, Brooklyn, and Boston. I mean, that is I mean, I know all those teams aren't the best team in the league, but those are those are teams that can beat you, which is how I look at the schedule when I'm looking at it from a jazz perspective. Which teams are capable of beating us, you know? On paper, OKC is not capable of beating you, you know? But again, I disagree with the people who are saying that game was never in doubt. I think that game was very much in doubt for probably eight to 10 minutes uh, in the first half. I think you were, you know, you were chasing it a little bit. So, yeah. you know, again, I look at the rest of the schedule and, and I say there are a lot of wins here, but I don't love where this, where the, what, you know, what this team is doing against mediocre teams. I want to see like against the Rockets. I can kind of understand, Hey, the Rockets are a really young athletic team who knows the only way they have a chance is if they run and really take advantage of that speed. Yes. So, you know, that's going to be a fast game. You know, there's going to be runs where they get after you. Okay. I'll write that one off. New Orleans, I'm not writing that game off. That's inexcusable. You're you're you are was twice rough. as good as they are at least. Yeah. Like I'm not writing that off. And then this game particularly last night, not that not that it was the end of the world the way they played this game, but really what I'm looking for out of this team is the ability to control a game. Like like you need to be able to to say, "Okay, we're up 25." we're never letting this get down to a single-digit lead again. You well, know? and I, I think the thing that stands out to you so much is, again, 
I don't understand the rotation. I don't understand. You know, this was a game where I thought you should have really made a, a, a clear pointed effort to get Rudy Gobert the ball in the paint. And they just didn't do that. I think only once. And, you know, like, listen, I, I think we've talked at length ad nauseum to, to death mm -hmm. about Rudy Gobert's offensive shortcomings. But at some point, you're going to just have to figure out what he can give you offensively or not at all. And what you're seeing defensively is these teams are pick and rolling him into the corner. Mm -hmm. So you've got to adjust. And I, I, I don't mean to be redundant, but I, I again ask myself if Quinn Snyder is the right coach for this team. Because I, I don't understand the player rotations here. I, I, I can't believe that Eric Pascal has no place in any of these games. Yeah. I can't believe that Jared Butler doesn't play a minute last night. Not a single flipping minute last night. Yeah. Jared Butler just doesn't play in the game. And I don't know why. There's no explanation, mainly because nobody's asking, but there's no explanation as to why. Because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Mike Conley's resting. You have this prize point guard. And you don't play him, and yeah. you're not trading him, and you're not sending him to the G League. I, I you're not practicing a whole lot. I don't understand what they're doing. And then you know, I I look at Bogey, and this is a remarkable performance out of a guy who, frankly, since the turn of the year, has just not shot the ball real well. Bojan. I mean, he just Boyan Bogdanovich has been a slump is probably strong. But Boyan Bogdanovich has struggled from three. Yeah, it's like Mike Conley struggling in the paint. It's and the I, same thing. I know I've said this a lot on this show, but when he scores 20, they almost always win. Mm -hmm. And he goes off last night. And if he doesn't go off and give you a historic performance from three and make damn near half of your three balls last night, you're losing to Oklahoma City. Mm -hmm. That's the point to where this team is at. And I, is it a lack of intensity? Is it bad rotations? I don't know. But you can't have that tonight. And I would guess that you're going to be tuned up. You're going to be ready. Yeah. It is not a long flight from Oklahoma City to Dallas. The travel probably is not the end of the world. Um, you were in there long before 10 o'clock, I would guess. Um, you know, it, it, my guess is you were in bed by midnight. Yeah. You should be well rested. You should be ready to play the Dallas Mavericks tonight. Yeah. But the problem is you've had to use a lot of your legs. And I I just don't know what to expect out of that ball club tonight. And th and that's what I have I mean, no idea. That's what I mean when I say controlling games. You know, you have to be able to control Houston. You have to be able to say, okay, we're not allowing this game to go to overtime. Yeah. We're not we're not doing that because now, you know, one decision here or there by anybody on the team allowing that to go to overtime. Well, now you're playing 45 or 50 minutes, let's say, and that's going to roll on into the next couple of games. And so, you know, you're getting into a playoff, you know, atmosphere with Dallas and you're not 100 percent like you're probably 95 percent or 90 percent because of overtime and battling and, and playing 35 minutes last night for Donovan Mitchell and the rest of the starters like that's what I mean when I say I, that's where I think the improvement can come for this team. You know, you have to be better about that because you pay a price later in the season. Well, and I also think you're starting to see a little bit more of the chirping at each other. And that really concerns me on this particular club because you've had since Rudy got hurt and what's the right way to say this? 
since Rudy Gobert got hurt and this became truly Donovan's team, you've really seen a lot of that nonsense go away. And now on the floor, you're looking at you're looking at Rudy Gobert, you know, getting into Jordan Clarkson last night. Mm-hmm. You're looking at Bogey, uh, you know, and and Donovan having like not a heated conversation, but a very pointed conversation. And it it's you're having these moments because you're just falling apart. Mentally, you're making really bad decisions. And so I think that's something to watch. I really think tonight's a, a pivotal game for a lot of reasons. I think you want to stay in the fourth spot. Right. I, I The way the standings are, are playing out now, there's not a lot of value in moving up. Yeah. There just is not. And I think, and, and this is something that I know we've talked a lot about on Twitter, but right now, you know, you look at the play-in tournament, and the the what is the two seven at this moment is the Timberwolves, the the three six is the Denver Nuggets. Ugh. You know the four five. I think the Dallas Mavericks are your best matchup. Yeah. You know, I, if you are the Utah Jazz, I think your sole focus should be staying in the four, because I don't want anything to do with the the Minnesota Timberwolves. No, nope. I, I really don't. Frankly, I don't want anything to do with the L.A. Clippers. I, I think your highest, best opportunity to advance in the first round of the playoffs is playing the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, they're a slower team. You know, I, I Obviously, just, they have Luka, but I think overall you can hang with them. You know, I, I think you know the thing that scares you about Minnesota is that, I mean, I, 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 think I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that would be their first playoff appearance for the Anthony Edwards version of that team. You know, and we all know what guys like Anthony Edwards – are out to do and that's prove prove a point you know show like create legacy and, and win games they shouldn't win and like you know so yes. that's going to be that's going to be a series that i don't really want to be a part of because i think that that they are they are going to play their ass off in that series they are going to make it uh hell for anybody that they play so i just think that yeah i agree with you i would avoid the timberwolves uh and i would be trying to get to dallas i think dallas is your best bet yeah we'll see we'll see i i don't know uh tanner good morning to you john jackson says hello my friends hello, hello. jj hello. eric c in early this morning what's up in socal james knight good morning to you rudy sanchez says morning fellas grizzlies took over the second spot do you think they stay there they did not did they yeah they did no grizzlies are in third they're 44 and 22 warriors are 43 and 21 that's 672 for the warriors so warriors are in second place um the grizzlies were in second place okay but obviously not now okay well golden state's coming apart at the seams i mean they've lost four in a row um they've really struggled to integrate clay thompson and i think i think that the real issue is that they they're integrating all of these different pieces like i mean kaminga is just forcing you to give him minutes Mm -hmm. i mean the guy is is playing out of his mind um and I, I look at I look at their situation. That loss to the Lakers, I, I don't even know I don't even know what you say about that. I, I it's it's crazy to me that you got thirty from Steph Curry mm-hmm. and lost to the Lakers who got fifty six from LeBron James. Wait, I thought he was washed up. I thought he was done. Yeah, well, that's you know, 
That's yeah, what casual. jazz fans say. And Jonathan Kaminga just is. I'm yeah, telling I, you. Look, I think he's that, a stud, dude. So if you watch that Lakers Warriors game, you you begin to understand the feel that you're going to get tonight in Dallas. If you're a jazz fan, like like the way that seer, that that game felt. It's how tonight's game is going to feel. I mean, this is this is a this is a measuring stick kind of game, as I like to call it. You're gonna see what what you're made of tonight. You know, what can you really do against a team that's more than capable of beating you? You know, you got to play good defense. You can't afford to have all these dumb turnovers. You can't you can't afford to allow them back in the game because they will make you pay. You know, like that we're not playing the Rockets and OKC anymore. So I think that tonight is just crucial, man. I I think you know you look up and down the standings. The Grizzlies and the Warriors and the Suns will all be ready to go when the postseason gets here. You know, they're all going to be right there, and you're going to get one of those teams in the second round. So, yeah, I would try to be getting – I would try to get through that first-round series as quick as possible. You don't want seven games in the first round. You just you just don't no, you want don't. anything to do with that. No, you don't. And I think the other thing that's pretty clear is that there is a, a blueprint to beat this Jazz team. And – what are what are the Jazz going to do the final month or so of the season to defeat that blueprint? Mm -hmm. Because it, it's pretty clear now that, I mean, teams are just going to attack and isolate Rudy Gobert. I, I, I don't think there's any question that that is how you beat this Utah Jazz team. And, and they have, it's been 18 months, two years of that blueprint. And you have never adjusted to it. Both, both on the roster and strategically. So I don't know what the answer is against better teams. Now, I also think it's pretty interesting that that tonight could be a night where you make it all right. You know, tonight's a night where if you go to Dallas and you win, and I don't care if it's at the buzzer or by 50. Right. You go to Dallas tonight and you win, it's a statement. Is this the it, it is. It's absolutely a statement. The Mavericks have won six to seven in their only loss to the Utah Jazz. Yeah. And I would remind you in that game that, you know, it came down to one-on-one -on -one with Rudy versus Luka. Yep. And Rudy won. And you had a situation where, um, you know, Powell and, and Luka had big games. Spencer Dinwiddie had a huge game in that game. Um, you know, Davis Bertans had a big game in that game. Yep. My guess is that Dorian Finney-Smith is not going to, you know, have a quiet game the way he did the other night. Yeah, and so that's what I mean. Like, you know, you look at the last matchup, and it came right down to it, you know? And, yeah, and Rudy deserves credit for shutting down Luka. Absolutely. But my, my guess is, and what concerns me, is that, you know, Dallas is obviously going to learn lessons from that game, you know? And, and I think that, that Luka, you know, as much as I hate Luka, like, he, he is a good player, <laughs> you know? Like, the guy, the guy can score at will, basically. So yeah. it'll be really curious to see, like, again – who like is is house gonna get more minutes tonight because they bro what what are those ESPN auto auto ads, ads again? bro auto ads oh, yeah better I, execution the Daniel House thing's interesting the Daniel House thing is interesting mm -hmm. like I wonder where why he wasn't playing why hasn't he played late in games recently yeah I think he got 15 minutes last night total you know and and that's not a lot obviously no nope. hack podcast says good morning james knight says no really jake you're in a different place as a jazz fan yep um well good to see you're all positive this morning james jeremy bolton says i think the jazz should just give up seriously like at this point why should you even try anymore i agree that just write the season off send everybody home 
Uh, it was cool that Bogey kicked butt, Tanner said. However, Bogey went off in the first half during game five of the Clippers series, and yet Jazz still lost. Hey, guys. I I, I don't – I just don't think you – the problem is you're the same team. And the reason everybody wants to keep going back to the Clippers series is because you're largely the same team that lost that Clippers series. Yeah. And I would agree. They made what what was that, 16 threes in that first half, most of them in the second quarter in that game four. And, and then you got run then down. Then you didn't make another three the, in the third quarter. It was brutal. Yeah. But – I think that's what good teams do, though. Good teams rely on different guys on a nightly basis to win games. And one night it's Don, one night it's Bogey, one night it's Mike Conley. You know, like that's I don't have a problem with that. I don't, especially because I think Donovan Mitchell is playing the role of facilitator. And I think that's exactly that. I like the lineup where you are seeing, you know, Mike Conley out. So we're getting Donovan Mitchell and, and Jordan Clarkson playing a lot of time together. I actually really like that. Mm -hmm. I like House with those two. Um, the problem is I need I need 20 points a night from Boyan Bogdanovich. It is a must-have. Yeah. And we're not getting that on a regular basis. Last night was an apparition uh, of late. Yeah. So can we count on him to do that on a regular basis? Well, certainly not. Is he capable of 20 points? Yes, he is. But he hasn't done that this year on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. So what would make us think that's going to happen? I, I think well, and I, th I think the the thing, you know, it, it goes both ways. So, like, I agree with you. I don't have a problem that it's a different guy each night. But what I do have a problem with is that, you know, as a team, seemingly it's very black and white. Like, one night you're going to shoot, you know, 20% from three. And then another night you're going to shoot 45% from three. See, I just don't agree with that. I think that's who you are. It's not. It's not it's not a matter of, you know, hey, they shot 20% tonight. The issue is not that they shoot too many threes. The, to win, the Jazz need to shoot 50 threes. That's just who they are. The problem is you don't have anything to supplement that. So you, you, your live and die by the three is, is exactly right. The issue is that they don't do anything else well. They don't go to the basket well. They don't. They don't play team defense well. They don't play ISO defense well. They tend to fall into isolation basketball when the game's on the line, which is not good. Mm -hmm. It's not that they shoot the three hot and cold. It's that all they do is shoot the three hot and cold. Yeah, That's all they do. And I don't – again, I, that's the NBA today. You know, like nobody's going to question Steph Curry's shot selection. Yeah, but They're not. Steph Curry, Steph Curry, you know, is not a is not really a fair comparison. The guy's the best shooter the game's ever seen. Well, gets, and I think this a lot the, of leash. But this Jazz team is one of the best three point shooting teams in the history of the NBA by percentage and by statistic. This there, there are few teams in the history of the NBA, if any, that are as efficient offensively as this Jazz team has been. Their offense has never been the problem. Right. The the issue now has become as they have aged, their defense has declined mm -hmm. and they don't have another weapon offensively. Mm -hmm. The three ball is it. But they shoot it at such a high level that they're one of the elite offensive teams in the NBA. See, I that's where I'm like, like, yes, by trend and by stat sheet. Sure. But no team facing the jazz is is scared of the jazz the way teams were scared of the golden state warriors no i don't disagree in their in their heyday you know and 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 my point with the three-point shooting thing is is yeah sure they need to shoot 53s a game because that's their offense but i just i don't know man i just think that you you 
you Don is the only guy who really plays the mid-range really well. Mike hasn't played it real well. Clarkson's got a decent little floater game going right now, but he's mostly a jump shooter. Like When Jordan Clarkson gets in the paint, it's almost always a turnover. Well, like, he turns the ball over so much in the paint. Yeah. That's where his problem Don comes Don had in. more of those last night, too, you know? And I yeah. think I just – they got to clean it up a little bit. You know, the turnovers are really what – Ultimately, no matter if they're shooting it well or not shooting it well, you can't turn the ball over. You know, that's that's a core fundamental for any basketball team. Well, and again, not to be redundant, but the other message to take out of this last week against these these. It's probably wrong to say lesser teams. They're lesser teams for sure. Okay, these lesser teams is that you don't have a small ball lineup. Yeah, you don't have a small ball lineup With, with all due respect to Rudy Gay. He has not impacted this team almost at all. Yeah. You're not better because Rudy Gay is here. And I, I think that's hard to say because Rudy's a vet that you have a lot of respect for. Yeah. But Rudy Gay, there's not been a net gain or a net positive effect with Rudy go with Rudy Gay being here and anybody else not being here. Right. I mean, George Niang, for everything he wasn't, was just as good as Rudy Gay's been and probably a little better. Yeah. So I, I don't see that you've had that net gain there. And and it's because a lot of it is because you're not playing Eric Paschal. And that that's the guy that should be your small ball, you know, bruiser. Yeah. That, to me, is the guy that should be the small ball four or five. And you're not going there. And, that's, and he can provide them a lot of those, again, what I call higher percentage looks. You know, because, again, you have to remember, the three-point shot, even if it's wide open, for Boyan Bogdanovich in the corner, which is his favorite spot, the guy the guy is only going to make four out of ten. That's elite in the NBA. Four out of every ten shots goes in from three. Whereas what nine out of every ten go in when you're under the basket. So like yeah. with the Pascal thing, I just think that you know he just I don't know why they don't play him. That's my biggest thing. Why wouldn't you at least give the guy fifteen minutes to come in and kick the hell out of somebody physically? Even if it just changes the tone of the game a little bit. You it's know? a tragedy that they are not playing Jared Butler. I mean, it is. I, 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 I really like Quinn Snyder as a coach. I would hire him. If he got fired by the Jazz and I was an owner, I'd hire him tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But what are you doing with Jared Butler, man? I, like, I, I, I would love to understand this thing. of like, And I understand that front offices and ownership – and I know for a fact in this situation, nobody's leaning on Quinn to do one thing or another. Mm-hmm. But somebody needs to lean on Quinn to play Jared Butler because yeah. it, it's criminal at this point that they're not playing him. It, it is. I, I mean, I'm trying not to be like Mr. Dramatic or, you know, like over the top, but you're being derelict in your duty by not by not developing this guy. Yeah, you need a point guard. You need a point guard of the future. Whether he contributes on your team or you end up trading him for something else, he needs to be developed. Well, but and the other thing is, you're not going to go out and buy another point guard because you don't have the money. Yeah. You, you know what? I, I just I don't understand. My guess is that he is thrown into a trade over the summer. I because I I don't see any effort to be, make him part of what's good on this team. And as good as this team can be, and as as capable as this Utah Jazz roster is. You're limiting yourself by not playing Pascal and Jared Butler and not having a consistent rotation uh, that that is going to be able to help you and just get you some some just buy you some minutes. Yes, 
buy you some minutes in games where the Houston Rockets are running up and that's, down the floor on you. Dude, that's what Joe Ingles did for this team. Love it or hate it, you know, maybe he did lose a step, but he bought you minutes, you know, and I think but, that and Rudy Gay is supposed to be able to take some of those minutes, but who's getting the who's getting the the Joe Ingles minutes right now? Yeah, it's House. Nobody. You know? Not even well, Daniel House isn't playing in in key situations now. Yeah, but I think, you know, I agree with that. I but I think, you know, Joe Ingles wasn't exactly playing in the highest leverage situations and and I do agree that House obviously is a better defender than Joe was and should be out there, you know, as a stopper for sure, but I I just look again, I I look at this dynamic at play where, you know, you're resting Mike and you're really trying to be well, I guess only with Mike because you're not really doing it with Don or Rudy. You know, you're trying to make sure these guys are healthy headed into the playoffs. But I don't know. I was just surprised. 35 minutes against OKC for Don is a lot. That feels like a lot. I would have loved to see Don shy of 30. Well, like there's nobody. To 29. Listen, listen. There's nobody that's going to sit here and say the plan was to play these guys 30, 40 minutes tonight. Uh, or last night when you have the, the Mavericks tonight. That There's... This was supposed to be a Lafford. They don't have Dort. They don't have Giddy. Like they, they don't I mean, have their boys. They don't have their squad. They only have SGA. That's it. And they took you to the fourth quarter. They took you midway through the fourth quarter. Like, how is that possible? Yeah. How how is that possible? Yeah, they, it's kind of crazy. And listen, you won the game. Understand you won the game. There's that's I totally get that. And and again. I feel like sometimes we we tend to spiral on the the open wound. I get that. They won the game. But the, anybody that looks at this and doesn't think that there is a troubling trend when you are in, unable to defend young athletic teams and you just got beat up by the New Orleans Pelicans. Like they that was not the other thing about the Pelicans game. That was not an abnormal performance for New Orleans. It, it isn't. And you look at the way that they, you look at the way that the, the Pelicans beat the Jazz. Yes, they shot it well. But what's the other thing that they did? They used their length to beat you defensively. Yeah. The New Orleans Pelicans it, it just applied themselves on your strengths and you had no answer for that. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't that, the New Orleans Pelicans shot the lights out. They shot 30% from three. And there's this narrative going around that, well, the Pelicans were just really hot. The Pelicans scored 124 points. Do you know how many three-pointers they made? 11. They only made 11 three-pointers. And this is why I point to this game, and I say, here's another night where Rudy Gobert is minus 19. They lose. He plays 25 minutes. He gives you 10 and 11. So I'm not saying and that. Who's, who's, is it Valanchunas for New Orleans? Who is yes, it? Yes, Valanchunas, right? Who only scored four points and had six boards and only played 17 minutes. And Rudy had how many minutes? Rudy played 25 minutes. So 10 more minutes than Valanchunas, essentially. You know, and I don't know, man. That See, the thing is with the – because I think the conversation we're having about this New Orleans game is – you know, teams understand how to defend the Jazz, mm. and they understand which guys to give the open three look to and which guys not to. And that, to me, is kind of the interesting conundrum. Like, when you play Dallas tonight, when you play them, how how much of a priority is it to break the paint and then kick? Because we've seen Don. Another conversation is Don's the facilitator. Don's been putting a priority on moving the ball and, 
kicking and, and a lot of, it happened a lot of times last night. That's what ultimately got Bogey a lot of those open looks. But tonight when you have, you know, the Dinwiddies or or anybody who they want to throw on Don who's a better defender and quick, like is he going to be able to do that? That's my thing when they start playing these good teams, how the good teams answer defensively because they're not just going to let you break the paint and kick the whole game. That's yeah. just not that's not how the NBA works. You're going to have to have an answer for that, for the defensive adjustments teams are going to make against you. I, I just don't, I just, I, I don't want to always be negative on this team, mm-hmm. but the truth always prevails. The truth in the NBA. And again, just because I want you to understand, I know we have a lot of new listeners to this show. I've covered this league for 30 years. Since the day I started covering this league, like you covered Kobe and Shaq, you covered, I've covered the Chicago bulls, the LA Lakers, the Clippers, um, the Sacramento Kings, the Golden State Warriors. Like, I've had a great NBA career. And I'm telling you, the first thing I learned in, in, in covering this game is you always look for patterns in teams. Mm-hmm. And the pattern with this Jazz team is they get beat when they play athletic teams that use their hands well in the paint, cause turnovers, like, I think they had 21 turnovers against New Orleans the other night. And I think New Orleans scored 36 points off those turnovers, 58 of the, 58 points on the break. And the, the pattern that is establishing itself now, and the, the reason the Jazz are so bad defensively, is they cannot defend the mid-range. They cannot defend the mid-range because you're in a damned if you do, damned if you don't. You've got Rudy Gobert off in the corner. Look at the Rockets game. Yeah. You get... You get Kevin Porter Jr. going to the rim with the game down two. He just needs to make a layup. Rudy Gobert's got one foot in the paint and one foot out, and he never tries to block that layup because he's so concerned about giving up the three. Yeah. And it, it they can't defend the mid-range right now. And until they make that adjustment, and you see it on a regular basis, you see them, you know, New Orleans with C.J. McCallum exploited it repeatedly the pick and roll switch with Rudy and Rudy just doesn't step up. And, you know, you look at it last night, Hassan Whiteside is just not interested in doing anything but blocking shots and dunking the ball. Yep. He's not interested in playing extended defense and you're watching, you're watching these young teams who just don't give a shit if they win or lose, they don't care. Yeah. They're just going to run and run and run. Well, I think the mindset is, hey, you know, we know the Jazz are better than us, but that doesn't mean we can't make it really difficult on them. That doesn't mean that we can't go and play our game. You well, know? and what's scary is it's the Jazz are really good when they're really good. Yeah. When they shoot 40% and they shoot 53s a game, they're really tough to beat. Yeah. The problem is every team knows, hey, if we do this, we're going to win the game. You play to win the game. <laughs> so those teams go out and they attack Rudy Gobert on defense. Whether he's at the rim or not, he's going to block shots and change. But more and more and more, what are we watching? We're watching teams trying to put it down on Rudy's head. Like yeah. they're trying to dunk on him. Yeah. And the fear factor is is much and much less than it used to be. Yeah. So my question is, what is the adjustment going to be when teams are scheming you out of the paint? Because you're going to get Dwight Powell tonight, who is not a great shooter, but he's got a little bit of a shot, and he just jumps higher than you. Rudy Gobert is not an athletic guy. He does not run particularly fast, and he does not jump particularly high. 
Dwight Powell's the exact opposite. Dwight Powell's a volleyball player. Yeah. By trade, he's a volleyball player. So he has incredible hops, and he's incredibly athletic. And that gives Rudy Gobert problems. And then they go small a lot because the, the Dallas Mavericks have committed themselves to playing without a center. Well, and I think that what they're really trying to do is space the floor and give Luka options. That's really what they're trying to do, which is kind of an interesting conundrum for the Jazz because we've all talked about how the perimeter defense for the Jazz can be suspect at times. Yeah, you know? and you have a roster in Dallas that, you know, this when they're very good, and when Dallas, and I always talk about teams when they're at their best and when they're at their worst. When the Dallas Mavericks are at their best, Luka's cooking. There's no doubt about that. But lately, it's been Spencer Dinwiddie attacking the basket. It's been guys like Dorian Finney-Smith in the corner just killing your spirit. Yeah. So in order for that stuff to happen, very much like the Jazz, um, you've got to find a way to, to get – to, to shut that off. Yeah. And so what that means is you can't have guys in the paint. And the problem with that is we all know the Jazz can't keep guys in front of them. So, you know, you you look at, at Jalen Brunson, perfect example. Yeah. Jalen Brunson's a paint breaker. The problem is Jalen Brunson's also hurt, by the way. Um, but we'll see what he – if he plays tonight. But, you know, whether it's Kleber, whether it's Doncic, whether it's – you know, again, Brunson, Dinwiddie. They have a lot of athletes, man. The Mavs are going to be in the paint tonight. Yeah. And it's a matter of how disciplined will this will this Utah Jazz team be at defending that. Yeah. Uh, Jair Murray Jr., what's up, my man? He says, if the Jazz meet the Grizzlies, Suns, Warriors, or Nuggets in the second round, who could the Jazz force game seven? I, I well, think that's a really difficult question to answer, man. I think the it depends. Jazz meet the Grizzlies, Suns, War. I would not want anything. I it would have to be the Nuggets. I want nothing to do with the Grizzlies. I want nothing. The Suns, the Suns took the Bucks to the buzzer essentially. With it, they took them in the last minute of the game without Cam Johnson, without Devin Booker, and without Chris Paul. And it's because Mikael Bridges. What did he do yesterday? Was well, elite in the mid range. Yeah. And their defense is unbelievable, no matter who's out there. Yeah. So I don't want that. I, I it terrifies me. I I've I have I'm having nightmares because I'm watching a lot of Grizzlies games right now because I really believe in that team, and so I'm trying to validate my feelings on that team. And Desmond Bain is shooting the three at a level that makes them almost unbeatable. Yeah, because Jaws Jaw is getting into the paint routinely, and he and Desmond Bain is just wide open. I mean. Teams are just not respecting him, and he's knocking it down at 41% now. Like, so I don't want that. The Warriors are wildly inconsistent, but the problem is what the Warriors don't do well is attack the basket because they love shooting threes. But they are well-coached, and they're really smart. If they wound up against the Jazz, my guess is they'd attack the basket. And Draymond Green frustrates the hell out of Rudy Gobert. And I know that Jazz fans are like, don't start with them. Draymond Green has a history of stirring the pot with Rudy Gobert. Yeah. And so to answer your question directly, I want the Nuggets. Give yeah. me the Nuggets. Rudy's had a pretty good run against, against that team. <clears throat> um, you know, Dad Bod God is. Dad Bod God. He's a bum. Nikola Jokic is a hell of a player. You're a casual. But they're going to be getting a Jamal Murray back who hasn't played in a while. Yep. 
We're you know, definitely like definitely going to be rusty. But did anybody see Aaron Gordon last night, like blocking that shot at the rim? Like I, none of those teams are easy outs. But matchup wise, like X X and O versus X and O, guy versus guy, I'll take the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, uh, I. I don't think Aaron Murray is going to be a hundred percent or anywhere near it Jamal anytime Murray. or Jamal Murray. Excuse me. It's going to, what did I say? Aaron Murray. Aaron Murray. Thank you. Uh, I don't think Jamal Murray is going to be anywhere near who he's been previously. Yeah. I think he needs this season. I, I would expect him to come back with like 10, 12 games left to go. Yep. I agree. Uh, <laughs> and Garcy says morning, Marka. I heard LBJ is done in LA. You know, I have 56 points. I'll disagree with you on that. He's a brilliant guy. Um, um, probably and Garcia says because Quinn is horrible with rotations. Can't disagree with that. And Garcia also says a better support system because Rudy cannot be the number two option. Ain't going to work when you're trying to build a championship roster. You know, the funny thing is I don't watch the terrible jazz broadcast like Buller and Holly just make my ears bleed. I feel bad uh, for Big T, Thurl <sighs> Bailey, because I actually like Thurl's commentary. I, I do. do too. Yeah, I just can't. Holly Rowe. I can't. She said some stupid stuff last night that I'm just like, bro, come on. Yeah, it's not good, dude. So I watched the opponent, cause, believe it or not, because, you know, the Jazz don't have a TV deal. And so he's you, just a hack. Yeah. You know, he's, their TV deal's a hack. So you can watch the opponent on the uh, league pass. And I was watching OKC last night, and they said exactly that thing. If, they, if they're, I, their keys to victory last night were exploiting Rudy Gobert on the defensive end. Yeah. Making him get out of the paint so that they, the, the, the thunder could get to the rack. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah. And so then what did Rudy start doing? Collapsing. So what did the thunder start doing? Driving and kicking, you know, like it's, that's a really interesting yes. conversation. Brood Wars. Good morning to you. The jazz can't be concerned with who they'd end up with in these playoffs. If they are supposed to fear the likes of Minnesota or Denver, they have no business getting past the first round anyways. Well, that's what I've been telling you all year. This is not a team built to win in the playoffs. They have no business getting past the first round. Like, there is not a good first-round matchup for this team. Yeah. And if it's Minnesota, they're going to lose that series. If it's right now today and the Jazz are playing the way they're playing in the last 10 days, which in the NBA, we all, all look at it on the, the last 10 days. Yep. If this Jazz team is going to play the way they played in the last 10 games, they're not beating Minnesota mm. because Minnesota can shoot the three and they are going to come for that ass in the paint. Um, they will. You, Yeah. James Knight said, if Mitchell and Clarkson learn how to drive and kick when the defense collapses, the Jazz will get plenty of open looks. And Agreed. they do. And they Agreed. do. I, you know, if you watch the – you know, if you go on YouTube and you watch the bogey highlights, that was the beauty of, of what he did last night. A lot of those looks were wide open looks, which yeah. is exactly what you want for him. You know, I, I think – you know, when I look at this team, I, I like knowing that the three ball is, you know, their lifeblood. That's their job. Create high percentage open three point looks for guys who knock it down at 40 percent or pretty close to that. That's what this team needs to consistently do. But what I did see last night that will not continue against the better teams. It won't happen tonight consistently is you have Donovan driving. But OKC was not shutting off the baseline kick either way. Nope. And that's the adjustment that I think the better teams are going to make. And that's why I'm really curious. Okay, if that's not an option to Donovan on the driving kick, what is the play? How do you how do you get the driving kick going? Because the good teams, the elite teams, drive off the wing and kick it to the weak side, the other the weak side wing. 
that's where the adjustment is made because the good teams aren't going to give you that corner three. The play in the, the the drive and kick play that the Jazz have to master is the one that Don is very good at. It is drive off the drive off the wing. So if you're standing at the top of the key, move five feet to your right. Drive off that spot left or right and kick to the corner. It's the play where he made the no-look pass to Bogey the other night where he gets into the middle of the paint and then kicks to the corner. Because you force what you're doing is you're it's Rudy Gobert, the Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah. layup. You're forcing the corner defender to make a decision. And then you're going to kick to the open guy. That's what it is. And what you see Donovan doing so well is a little bit more of what we need to see from Mike Conley to really kind of unlock this offense. Mike wants to get in the lane right now and shoot that little push teardrop. He has not been converting on that. So what I'd like to see is Mike become much more of an assist in three guy than trying to be a scorer. Yeah. And if if he will, instead of missing those tough shots, kick that ball to the corner or kick it to the oppo wing to bogey, this team becomes much more dangerous. Yeah. Much more dangerous. That's the adjustment I'm I'm begging Quinn Snyder to install here. Like become a drive and kick team. You, it, you can shoot 53s a game. I have no problem with that. But the construct of those 53s has to be team basketball. Yeah. It has to be a reversal into a drive, into a kick. Yes. Because too much, it becomes, okay, but well, we have 10 seconds left on the shot clock. Give it to Don, and everybody pretend they're going to do something else. And he winds <laughs> up in the – yeah, and then you wind up in the paint, or you wind up taking like an 86-foot three-pointer that is a very low percentage look for anybody. Yeah. So I, I think that's really what you're after. Jair, uh, or Jeremy Bolton, excuse me, comment dump. There has got to be something that either Quinn sees or other players see on why Butler isn't playing. I, I mean, there has to there be. Has to I be. think that's a great point. And, and, and I don't know, you know, I don't know what that could be. I mean, you can't tell me it's an attitude thing, right? Like, you can't tell me that the guy is just such a piss-poor teammate that he never gets minutes, like, you know, there has to be... Wouldn't we have heard that already? Yeah, like, that would have come out, or, you know, you yeah. would have hear, heard rumblings. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, we could speculate on it all day, but the fact is, no matter what the reason is, the guy's not developing, and you don't have a solution for what happens when, when one of your mainstays... Because this is what's going to happen. Like, we can almost guarantee this. One of these guys is going to get hurt at some point. Like, Don last year against the Clippers got hurt. Mike was hurt. Like... You know, Rudy had been hurt for a while there with the calf. So you're in a position right now where if any one of these guys gets hurt, you're in deep, deep trouble as far as the playoffs are concerned. And that's what's kind of frustrating about the Jared Butler situation. Had you been playing him minutes this year and had you been allowing him to fail and make mistakes and turn the ball over early in the year, if we could have got through that phase early in the year, you could have maybe, you know, done some things with them. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's get some more comments because there's a couple of things we got to get to here. Uh, cool So Cool J-R. Cool, CJ So Cool Jr. I can't read. Uh, Pelicans is on a tear in this stretch. They beat Phoenix too. Cool. They humiliate. They, the Jazz should never lose to anybody by 30. Yeah. This should never happen. Again, why not make Donovan no D Mitchell a shoot first point guard? Because that's not what he does best. And this thing about you need and Garcia, I don't I, maybe you're just watching a different game than I'm watching. Donovan is playing a very, very good level of defense. Yeah, he plays good defense. Yeah, too. I don't know what you're looking at. Donovan Mitchell's defense has not only improved, he is plus on defense. Like 
Yeah. I think I think that Donovan Mitchell is not an on the on the ball point guard. And they're asking him to be that here and once you get a number 2 on this team, Donovan needs to be the the go-to guy. And what's happening now is you're forcing Donovan Mitchell to be a distributor and a scorer, which is helping him develop and grow. Mm-hmm. That's what he needed. But at some point, you need a distributor to get Donovan the ball in in leverage situations. Yeah, and in good matchups. Yeah, you need you need to be able to. And one of the other things that this team cannot do right now is they cannot create leverage. Yeah, this Jazz team, and I, I'll just again use the Phoenix Suns when they're healthy. Chris Paul creates situations for Devin Booker to get the ball in places where it's automatic for Devin Booker. Yeah. You look at the way that the Milwaukee Bucks are now leveraging Ante Tacumpo because Giannis can now shoot. They are lining him up on the block now and lobbing him the ball. It used to be you would just give him the ball at half court and tell him to run to the basket, get downhill, get fouled. Now they're actually running offense designed to get him the ball below the free throw line. But again, development, right? These are all growth growth signs. Yeah. The problem with the Jazz is they don't have a a, a set where they can say, okay, I'm going to get we want to get Donovan the ball at this point because that's where he's able to do X, Y, or Z. Yeah. That's not who this team is. Yeah. So it's just something to watch. Uh Mesh says I can see the Jazz losing in double digits tonight. I cannot. Uh Leonard Don uh, and Leonard Bro, is your name. Thanks for answering my question, guys. You're You're oh, welcome, I, sir. If I didn't, I'm sorry. I did, did you oh, ask is that me? sarcastic? I think because I there's a lot of comments, so it's tough for me to answer. Ask everybody. it again. We want to yeah. answer your questions. If yeah. we missed it, we're, we're not trying to. We, we want to answer it. Um, James Knight says, did you hear your gal Holly suggesting Rudy is ineffective offensively? You don't watch jazz games. Oh, yes, I did hear that entire yeah. segment. And what they said was she she literally said she's like, there are people in the local media who say that ja- uh, that that Rudy Gobert is not good offensively. And she's like, respectfully, I don't know what game they're watching. And it's like, dude, you you just don't you, – you work for the team. We get it. It's fine, Well, dude. the thing about Holly Rowe is, like, she picks on – and the thing that she talks about with Rudy offensively a lot is his ability to pick and roll. My question is when in the playoffs is he going to be able to use the illegal screens that he sets? Consistently. Because last night you could see him sticking out the elbow, leaning his hip out. Like, those are – nine out of ten screens that Rudy Gobert sets are illegal because – they don't, but they're not because they don't call. They it. don't call it, and he so, should keep doing it if they're not going to call it. If they're not going to call it, keep doing it. Yeah, keep doing it. Um, you know, horrible to subpar D in my opinion. And Garcia, you're completely wrong. Yeah, you're about just, Donovan you, Mitchell. You're wrong. I, I, you're gonna have to come up with more <laughs> specific examples, then, bro. Like, I, I, we're not trying to hate on you, but again, post All Star break and and really a couple games leading up to that, there was a clear decision on his part to play better defense, and he has for sure. So apparently Jair Murray Jr. changed his name to Leonard Donnan and Andulavu. <laughs> okay, cool, man. Good to see you, Leonard. Justin Salas says, going to the Jazz game tonight, every Utah game I have gone to here in Texas has ended in a loss. Stop going to games, jerk. Doesn't make you feel responsible. <laughs> Hoping for a win. I, I think you're going to get a win tonight. We'll see. I, I think this team tends to play up in big games. And they, down in crap games. Yeah, I'll change it back not to confuse you. Leave it what you want. Leave it what you want. It's all fine. Giggity says, sounds like N. Garcia has been told too many times that he has a subpar D. I don't, I, I, in all (laughs) seriousness, we joke on this team 
Bro, you're just going to skip over that? I don't like dick jokes. Dude, that okay? is like, good listen, material out of giggity right there. As somebody with a small penis, I just, I take it, you know. Daddy? You know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That just happened. That just happened. You know. Anyway. I don't want to comment on Garcy's D. I don't. I'm not your daddy. You know, like I don't want to. Hey, I, I, that's great. A out of giggity. I give the guy credit. That's well is. done, sir. You know. Okay. Monty, you have a small penis. I, you know, daddy. I don't try to hide it. <laughs> you know, Tanner says, Monty, you don't like dick jokes since when? Hey guys. <laughs> Quentin Moyer says I won two 10th row jazz tickets to the game against the Suns on April 18th for 400 bucks. I'm hoping we can stay healthy so it's a good game. It will be a good game. Yeah. It will be a good game. Okay. By the way, LeBron scored 56 the other night. Keep it real. They won. Yeah. Yeah. He carried him. He carried him. And, I, you know, he and said he, after the game, they were like, they were like, how did you get all those to go in? He was like, I didn't want to get too far behind. Imagine that. But I know that everybody rips me when I say that um, Carmelo Anthony is legit. Yeah, he had a nice game. But it's not just the three ball anymore. And this is what I I will continue to say this about Carmelo Anthony. He's doing what they need him to do. Yeah, I think so. Melo, he, he's getting rebounds, getting fouled and and yeah. ones. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. He's working hard down there. I, I think none of us disagree that he's been a prolific mid-range player his entire career. I mean, that's that's basically what he's made his career on. But I think, yeah, when the three ball goes in for him, it really opens up what what he can do on the floor. I don't know what you – Russell Westbrook should come off the bench, I guess. I just don't know how you expect him to be productive in that role when he's never played that role. And I just – I look at, at Russell Westbrook as a guy that is soft After mentally. street clothes, Davis. Speaking of soft. I But I think right now I would not move him to the bench. I wouldn't. I, I, I just think that you're asking him to do something he's never done, and it's not going to help him. I think it's going to hurt him. Yeah. I, that, but that's just me. Yeah. No, I agree. That's, I agree. By the way. Oh, Kevin Durant's back. Oh, God. Kevin Durant. Oh. Oh. Wow. How does how has that gone since Kevin, since your daddy got daddy? back? Yeah. How did, how has it gone? Pretty well. He's played well. Well, okay. Uh, no, he's played well. It's not his fault. He's played well. It's Donovan, no D defense, yeah. Mitchell. Yeah. It's his fault. Yes, it is. It is. Chaboy is losing games. They're on the That's verge true. of not making the playoffs. I, dude. They are. It's a mess. It, it is a mess. Ben Simmons needs needs uh, you know needs to come back sooner Shams, rather than later. Uh, Shams tweeted twenty minutes ago that he's not going to play in the first game against the Sixers. No, he's not. But he's going to be on the bench in Philly, and the, he is close to returning. Yeah, I, 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 it's just the season has just been so different, man. Like I think. You know, what do, what do we have, like 17 games left or whatever it Jake, is? Jake, the, the Nets are average. They're not. Right now, they're average. Yes, I agree. But again, you can't tell me that you don't believe if all three of those guys are playing in a postseason game that they can win that game. They can. They can. I just I like the, I, I like to pick on you for Kevin Durant because I, I honestly think if that dude walked in here right now, you'd pull out knee pads and just get to work. Take that, you clap-having <laughs> Jezebel. Yep. Okay, we're running out of time here. Let's get to the good stuff. We're running out of time here. What's the good stuff? We talked. We oh, Brittany Griner in Russia is the good stuff. Oh, man. Oof. Fucking Russia. This thing in Russia is 
Okay, so like everybody's pulled out of Russia, just the way I pulled out of your mom. Daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Walked me right down the road. Anyway, everybody's pulled out of Visa MasterCard. Did anybody see Visa MasterCard said they will no longer do business in Russia? And if you're Russian in a bank uh, offered or issued you a a card, a Visa or a MasterCard, it will not work. It is invalid. It will work in Russia, Dude. and that is it. Dude. Uh, Microsoft has stopped supplying software and product support and service to anything Russia and is now fully supporting the country of Ukraine to defend itself against Russian hackers. Dude. Like, it's it's unbelievable. It is— I don't think that that good old Pooty accounted for just how quickly the world would come together, or at least it feels like the world has come together, behind Ukraine. But here's my question before we talk to, about Britain Griner. Like this airplane thing. Yeah. The Ukrainians need Russian MiG airplanes. Specifically, they need Russian MiGs. Right. Because that's what their pilots know how to fly. So Poland and the U.S. have been working closely together to get the Polish fleet of Russian MiGs to the Ukrainian military. Safely. Here's the issue. The Russians said, sure. Oh, you want to give them planes? Go ahead and give them planes. Um, cause I'm on my way to destroy all three airports that can handle MIGs taking off and landing in, in Ukraine. Yeah. And they destroyed all three of those airports. And so now it looks like they're the, they're trying to smuggle the Russian air force out, uh, or excuse me, the Ukrainian air force safely out of Ukraine to use those Polish MIGs from somewhere else. That's yeah. not Poland. Cause Poland has said, Hey man, we'll do a lot of things, but you can't take off on what they call sorties like military operations from our ground. Yeah, they don't want to get involved in that sense. So they're trying to figure that out. And then the U.S. would backstock those Russian MiGs for Poland with uh, American fighter jets that they would give to them in exchange for those MiGs going to Ukraine. Yeah. Um, But you just hear all of these crazy stories, and then you hear about Brittany Griner. How, dude? Well, it's March, so well we don't ever hear about Brittany Griner in March. I mean, she's just making one point six million dollars playing basketball as a female professional in Russia, and she's very good, and she's well paid. And then the shit hit the fan in Ukraine, and Brittany Griner was like everybody else, and they're like, "Well, time to go home." U.S. Americans. So she's packing up her suitcase, and she mm-hmm. puts her her uh, cannabis oil vapor, come you know cartridges into her luggage and took that luggage through customs and the russians arrested her and she's been in a russian jail since february um for what could amount to cbd we don't even know what that is the point is not that she was carrying and that's why she got arrested that's not why they arrested her. but what i think the point is here and and i'm not blaming Brittany griner for being in a russian jail right i'm not what were you thinking putting cannabis products in your luggage when you know all cannabis and CBD is illegal in Russia? Facts. You open the door to this, Brittany. Yeah. You don't deserve what you've gotten. You do no, not. No, you don't. But it was not the smartest thing you've ever they're done. They're not. With what's going on in the world, they're not going to look the other way. No, they're You're looking for leverage. An American, and they're going to put you in that cell. They're probably not going to do anything to you because they need you in good standing. They need to you healthy. You. And like they're going to take care of you probably, but like you know, you're going to sit in that cell for probably months. Yeah, months, six months, a year. Who the hell knows? My guess really. is she will be there into the spring. This will not end quickly. Yeah, and so now 
you're in a Russian jail in the middle of a big conflict, and the government's got to try and figure out how to get you out. Nice. I don't know, man. I think that this situation, um, this is brutal. I mean, it's really this tough. Is, like, this again. Is, you're a, you're a, I, I, is she almost, I think she's seven foot. I could be wrong. You're I, a, I you're in Russia. One of the most heinous, awful countries that lacks any care or thought for humanitarian right. means. Six, eight, six, nine, two Oh five. You're a six foot nine black woman. Who's a lesbian with dreadlocks in a Russian jail. Yeah. Everybody knows who you are. Everybody knows you're a lesbian. Everybody knows you're famous. Everybody knows you're a multimillionaire. Yeah. How is this supposed to end well for her? U.S. Americans. You can't tell me she is not, and especially in her final days, everybody also forgets this part. And I only know this because I worked in news radio as well. But when you're in a hostage situation, it's not when they first take you that is the worst part. Right. It's not even the middle of your stay that's the worst part. It's when they know they're sending you back. It's when they know, hey, well, a week from today or tomorrow, three days from now, we have to send Brittany Griner back to the U.S. Or we have to send her to the border or wherever. All right, guys, have at it. Like, she will be beaten. She will be tortured. She will be starved. She will be sleep deprived. Is my guess for the last week that she is in that Russian hellhole. Yeah. It's not the first or the first half or the first three quarters of that stay that should terrify you. Yeah. So I just don't see that this ends well. And it's terrible that we still a put people in Russian gulags for fucking cannabis. A. Are we being serious? Come on now. And B, it's it's terrible that we we persecute people for political gain. She's a pawn here. Yeah. And there's no way this ends well. Yeah. You know, I just don't, I don't know, man. Uh, Brood War says the situation with Brittany Griner is probably the most anyone cared about the WNBA in decades. I And I just think that's horribly inappropriate with all due respect. I don't care about the WNBA at all on any level. I she's care an about, American citizen. Dude. I care about Brittany Griner. Yeah. Because not even that she's an American. She's a human being, dude. Yeah. And she is somebody that has battled all kinds of issues. And she deserves her freedom. She's done nothing to have that freedom taken from her. Yeah. And but yes, I think she, she opened the door a little bit. George Meskaya says, hello, guys. Hi. Hello. Hello. Um, so real quick, we saw Batman on Friday night. Excuse me, Friday afternoon. Right. Well, I got to see my girlfriend tonight. Going like three in the afternoon. Me? Fucking asshole. Anyway. So good talk. Good talk. Yeah, good talk. I was thrilled to leave work early to go see Batman. Trust me. Uh, Friday, we went and saw Batman. My wife hated it. She left halfway through and was like, hey, I'll come back and pick you up. He's just a hack. You know, um, she went over to Target and was shopping. Right. That's not true. That's a lie. She's actually sitting here not paying attention to me. Um, but anyway, so we saw the Batman on Friday afternoon. Right. It was dark. It was. The lights were all off, so the theater was dark. Right. But you're watching the movie. The movie's not well lit. This is not a movie where they're like, hey, man, we need to shoot this in bright sunshine. Yeah. No, it's not. 
No. Not at all. They shot this movie in a torrential downpour at like three in the morning in every scene. And <laughs> every scene in the Batman is three in the morning, so it's pitch dark and it's fucking pouring. Every scene. <laughs> right? That every single in the house, oh, it's pouring and it's three in the morning. Yep. In the in the in the back garden for tea. It's three in the morning and it's pouring rain. Yeah. It was. Now, having said that, Mr. Vampire Hot Guy. Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. Yeah. And stuff. Um, <laughs> he does a really nice job. He is he is one of the better Batmans I've seen. Um, he is no George Clooney. George Clooney was Batman, right? Neat. Uh, George Clooney sucked as Batman. He I thought George Pattinson did a really good job here. Yeah, I think I thought he did I thought George, he did a George great Patton. job. Robert? Was a joke. George Patton, General General Patton. And here we go. What? Hello. He's a disappointment, Jake. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, George it's Pattinson fine. was a disappointment. Hi. I didn't think he was a disappointment. No, I actually thought he was. I think good all ladies really like seeing the the shirtless Robert Pattinson. I'm just saying <laughs> oh. he was definitely oh. built up for oh, so now all of a the sudden, Batman. Now all of a sudden I'm let's fat. Let's be honest. So here. now I'm fat. Is what you're, you're so you were watching that movie and you were like, oh. I'm saying all of a sudden this is my favorite Batman ever. Daddy. <laughs> What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? I'm fat. Anyways, but I didn't think he did a bad job. <laughs> and and uh Zoe Kravitz is just hot. She's hot as hell. Zoe Kravitz? Stop. What? Jesus, you're a child. What? Yeah. Uh so, yeah, me. <laughs> Zoe Kravitz was f- awesome in this movie. Um John Leguizamo. Um, all the characters in this movie were great. Yeah. Um, the Penguin character was really good. Um, I can't think of the actor's name. Yeah. Uh, um, Colin Farrell. Colin yes. Farrell, yeah. Uh, and was you would really not good. know it was Colin Farrell. You would Farrell have no idea all. the Penguin was Colin Farrell. Um, but I, this was a really good Batman movie. It's not The Dark Knight. No. And here's the thing. Much like you'll never be me because, well, I'm a stud. You, you should stop comparing every Batman movie to The Dark Knight. Well, it is because the benchmark. It, there is no, there's never going to be another Joker. And the Joker is set up in the sequel in this movie. Very clearly, the next yes. character will be the Joker. But I want it. Let's, I do too, but let's not compare him to Dead Guy. I can't think of his Heath name. Heath Ledger. Thank you. you. Know, dead Guy. Uh, Mr. Fentanyl King. Um, wow. That, no. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> the Riddler, um, the guy who played the Riddler in in this movie dude. was good. Um, oh, I can't think of his name. Dang it! Gosh. He was really good. Hey, Paul Dano. We have this thing Paul called Dano. Paul Dano. Yeah. Paul Dano. Yeah, yeah. Dude, he's really excellent. good at being creepy. I got to give the guy credit. He's the guy in that movie where they put him in the shower in the wood box and burned him half to death. Yeah. He was yeah. really good. Um, it just in every movie he plays a freak and he's great at it. Like, I can't think of any other movie he's been in. It's not uh, everyone. Oh, pretty Prisoners. Much. Prisoners. Prisoners. 2013. Yes. That's was really the name good. of that movie. What, what are some of his you other know. movies, Jake? Oh, I don't know. I didn't look it up like that. Okay, it's IMDb. What, what's wrong yeah, with Well, they have this thing called Google. What's uh, the, what's the guy's name? What's the guy's Paul name? Paul Dano. Paul Dano. Okay. Book him Dano. Dano. All right, cool. I'm on, I'm on it. I'm on yeah, it. Yeah, um, but I thought Paul he was- Paul Dano. He was excellent. I thought he was very good. Um. You know, Tanner Plummer says, I'm going to see it on Tuesday. Can't wait. By the way, the Batman dies at the end of the movie. So just telling you. Um, no, he doesn't. <laughs> George Patton, the man, the myth, the legend. That was the point. I couldn't, you know. James Knight says, hey, guys, guys, guys. 
Which Batman movie is your favorite? The Dark Knight by far. By yeah, far. Paul Dano's been in There Will Be Blood, Little Miss Sunshine, 12 Years a Slave. Little Miss Sunshine. Love and Mercy and, and, and Batman. Um, there see. Will Be Blood, that's right. Yeah. What else we got? There will, and he always wears, when he's a psycho, he always wears glasses. Yeah. Like he's just he a, just always wears glasses. Yeah, but the glasses really add to the effect. Like the glasses make you understand he knows how to use a uh, like a grinder to take apart a body. He was in Woodstock. Um, yeah. I said he knows how I to think, use a grinder to take apart yeah, a body. Yeah, he was in the Sopranos TV series. Yes, he yeah. was. Yeah, he's he's he did a really good job. How it one to ten? Seven. Seven. It was a good Batman movie, dude. It was good. Yeah, I think it was good for Batman. Like. I mean, it's not if it's we're setting so dark. the Dark Knight as a ten. Yeah, it seems we're I liked the Dark Knight as a Joker ten. Movie. No, the Joker movie. The Which Joker movie wa- I liked, with, but with, it's totally different. With River Phoenix's brother Joaquin Phoenix. Um, Again, weird but hot. I hate it. Really? Not in the Joker. So wait, you he was would too skinny well, okay. in the Joker. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. But like in real life. We I, gotta I, get clarity on this. Wait, Weird you have hot. no, you have terrible taste in men, uh, Mrs. Monty, which is why you're with I'm me. I'm taking Brad Pitt. Yeah, I'm, she is. Okay, Brad. So Brad I'd, I'd, I'd hit Brad Pitt. Like, yeah, you know. Brad Pitt number one. Yeah. Okay, so Brad Pitt's number one. Yeah. Uh. You got I mean, they don't, do they have to all be one. actors? <laughs> no. Who else? That, Dave Grohl. That that'd be good. Ooh. What? Damn. He smokes like a chimney. And he's deaf apparently. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, the smoking. Okay, so when we're I'm talking about that, like, we're talking about banging dudes, land. right? But when we're talking about banging dudes or chicks, because well, you know, I like chicks. Um, <laughs> you know, the thing that comes to my mind is, I, I if I gotta kiss you, I don't want to taste. I, I'm not making out with the marble man, Thanks. and he smokes like a chimney. I can't do it. Um, but you know, it is what it is. It, it, you know, Dave Grohl, you're on crack. <laughs> says wow. Fat Jesus. The Dark Knight is a 15 out of 10, Tanner Yeah, dude. Says. Yeah. Is that the guy from Swiss Army Man? I have no idea. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Who else? Who else? Okay, so Brad Pitt, Smokey Dave Grohl. Who else? He did play Swiss Army Man, yes. Ooh, wow. Um, I've never heard of Swiss God. Army Man. You have to think. Here, let me name 10. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, um, you know, gosh, like. Jennifer Aniston, Milos Kunis, Olivia Munn. Well, she's been with she's been with uh, Herbie Man, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Rogers you now. can't do that, dude. Come on, that wrecked it. See, and that's the other the thing. The hot like, black British guy from Bridgerton. For okay, sure. Okay, well, every yeah, I've been every girl's rubbed the fish to that guy. Like, I mean, come on, like that's everybody. Are you kidding me? You, um, just, said you just said rubbed that. the fish. <laughs> it is Jesus. what it is. What? Every chick, like every chick. Flows Y'all the, feel me? Every chick flows the river on that. Like, be, wow. like, Brad Pitt is one because you're old, he old, you guys, great. Go, you know. But, like, yeah. Bridgerton guy, whatever. Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, and Ryan Gosling are my trinity of men who could turn me fast. <laughs> <Holy laughs> Wait, Brad Pitt who? What? Matt Damon. No, why Matt Damon? Ew. And Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling, you know. Oh, oh, uh. Oh my gosh! The guy that um, oh, oh Jack Black. No, uh, <laughs> the guy that <laughs> shit. 
Um, <sighs> from the the newer uh, Star Wars movies, um, he wasn't always in that. He played in the Gucci film. Oh my gosh! The Captain Kirk guy in the Star Trek movies, no. the blonde guy. No, Star Wars. Star Wars. The guy. Who oh was, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Adam Driver. Boom! He might be number two. Actually, he could totally be Adam Driver. I thought you were talking about the guy that played the <laughs> yeah, king. Driver, Adam he Driver. damn near killed her. Adam Driver. <laughs> his fucking his face is every branch on the way down. I'm gonna say this again. Come on. <laughs> Keanu Reeves totally would be on the list. Bro, are you are you serious? You gotta raise the bar. He is dumb as a fucking stump, Keanu Reeves. Oh How would you know? Do you hang out bro, with him? Bro, like bro. Okay, what? So that was like a long time ago. He did, you know, Bill and Ted's. He always he just does. He isn't. What? Anyway, like I said, I'm on Mila Kunis. You're on fucking. Keanu Adam Reed. Driver. Hey, Adam Driver. <laughs> He's hot. Adam nice Driver's face. Hot. Actually, Adam Driver has done well for him. Hey, nice face. How'd you survive getting hit with a baseball bat, you prick? <laughs> like, what are you talking about with Adam Driver? Adam Driver is awesome, Tanner Plummer says. J-Rock says, rub their fish. Wow. Truth. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway. Anyway. Um, wow. And then there's all the stress of trying to buy a franchise. Keep it real. Mrs. Monty told me in the hot tub last night she's out 100%. Hundo P. Hundo P. Because she doesn't want to miss the trip to Hawaii. Fake news. So we're having a big meeting tomorrow with a, with somebody who owns a franchise mm-hmm. um, that we're thinking about buying a franchise in. And it's like, it, it like just thinking about all the money. Mm-hmm. This is that conversation where you're like, okay, we have a really good life. We make pretty good scratch. Why are we going to rock the boat? Right. That's the conversation going on in my head. And I'm like, oh, I know why. Because I don't want to work nine to five and I don't want to work for anybody. And I want a, you know, a Cayenne Turbo GT rocket ship. Yeah, the car I want to buy is $189,000. Yeah, so. I might want to get out of that Better nine to five. To work. Oh. I mean, with all due respect to Yelp. Uh, it's I really don't care if you think it's us. 89000 you know. You know. Um, mm-hmm. But do you, guys, are, do you guys get nervous? What makes you nervous about this financial thing that we're thinking about doing like for me it's just that we've done so well and we have such a good life right now yeah and that could all go that could all go away and like i like jordan's and i like i like beijing in the hot tub and i like in the hot tub i like remodeling our house and i like you know how unrealistic that sounds it is in 102 degrees it is not realistic uh, but anyway, point is, um, it's just we have such a good life, and it, it's such a risk. And I have no problem taking that risk, and I almost feel dumb because I really don't have any problem taking that risk. Yeah. I, I don't, do you guys think about? Uh, we haven't talked about this, obviously, but have you guys ever thought about that? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I think that there's, I, I think that it's calculated. I think that. You know, you yeah. I mean, the money is is really the only thing in the whole equation that's the unknown. I mean, we know how to run the business model we're looking at. You know, we have experience in it. Like we've done it yeah. before. Like so, you know, once you get you know get past how you're gonna pay for it, it's fine. I think. I don't think it's it's that out there. You know. No, I I don't. Um, 
I, I feel like it, it is calculated. We're, you know, getting a lawyer to review things. We have an accountant. Like, I think there's a lot of things that we can do. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, yeah, it, it's still a risk. Yeah. If you don't execute it right, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. But that's why we're doing everything that we're doing to make sure we're Yeah, like not it, it's just up. it's just one of these things where we have it really good. And and I I just I'm I'm not hesitating at all. I'm not I'm not thinking twice about it. I'm not hedging like mm-hmm. I'm all in on it. I mean, I'll sell my mother to get this thing done. Hey guys. Um, you know, that's me. You're going to have to find her first, but you know, she a hoe. Anyway, the point is, um, I just, it, it's just really crazy. Cause I think we could actually do it. Yeah. That's the yeah. crazy thing. Like, I think we can actually do it. We can make, we can like, we've tried to get into real estate here. It's untenable. It's really expensive. It's just not the right time. Try to buy a Jack in the box. It's way too expensive. It's like over a million dollars of your own money is required. Yeah. Like this other thing that we're looking at is actually viable. There, it, it, it oh, I think it fills a big need mm-hmm. in Utah. Like it's, it's, yeah, it, it's I think, crazy. I think the feeling going from like it's one thing to talk about it, but it's another thing to actually like be looking at it and trying to do it. And I think that, you know, that unknown, you know, is is kind of an interesting feeling. But again, I, I would be more worried if we were doing something that we had never done. You know, I don't like. If we were opening up a nail salon, I'd be worried. I don't know how to give a, a manicure or pedicure, you know? That's I'd be not giving my massages, wheelhouse, right? Like, massages. I don't know how to do that, you know? Uh, wow. Keep it real. Can it give your own happy ending? I'm a gigolo. Are, are you sexting are you, with your other girlfriend here? Yeah, you here? distracted like, what right are we now? Doing here, I'm, try- what, I'm what, trying what here, to bud? message with some folks about, about what? Donovan No D Mitchell. Okay. Anyway. Wow. Anyway. Right. Okay, good talk. Yeah. The point is. Nice talk. having you here. The point is. It's just a little scary, that's all. Boy, you are just a freaking handful today, aren't you? You must have slept well last night. Me and Adam Driver. Yeah. Yeah. Well, me and Adam Driver. Hey, by the way, when you go by Costco, can you get me some more batteries? <laughs> uh, gotta be a Dutch bros, isn't Bro. it? Josh Levern says no. Nope. Wait, uh, what? Hot dog on a stick, and Garcy says. Oh, I would not do a Dutch Bros. Are you guys going? Are you guys going to work at the franchise? I don't know. We're not ready to talk about that yet. Well, we eat, but we have to for a while. There's no choice when you're doing a franchise. You have to be trained. You have to yeah spend yeah. time there. Put her on camera, you cock blocker. Um, <laughs> we don't have this. <laughs> okay, Garcia. Okay, we don't. We don't have a setup for that. We we have the cameras, but the Mevo company just blows. Yeah, the software And I, and I I'm going to say this on camera, Mevo, you blow. And maybe, just maybe, you should help people with technical support. Yeah. Because you know. Anyway, thanks. Anyway, the point is, um, I just think it's really it's really an important time in our lives. It is. It is the thing that we all aspire to do, and we may actually be able to do that. Fat Jesus nailed it. Jiffy Lube. Hey. Jiffy Lube. Yes, sir. Uh, Mike Elway says Where best show on, on YouTube. Where is that on the list? You Thank looked you. at like the top, you know, Jiffy 100. Lube's not on the list. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys know what the top grossing franchise last year was? Taco Bell? No, but close. That was like seventh. Okay. Any guess? Any, what Make genre? Easy. Number three. Um... Man, I don't know. KFC is number one really? by a lot. 
Really? What do you think number two is? You'll never get number two. I don't know, dude. Seven Eleven. Well, that makes sense. Seven Eleven. So the top Small three franchises mighty. are uh, KFC, Seven Eleven, and McDonald's. Yeah, dude. And Taco Bell's like seventh. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah we'll see. Castle Boutique, I wish. Uh, <laughs> White Castle, yes. Oh God, dude. White Castle would be amazing. When they opened the White Castle in North Scottsdale. Oh, it was amazing. Couple, it three, was an experience, ago, dude. Yeah. Uh, the line was on, on. Craziness. But I'm sorry, it, it's not good. Oh come on. Okay. Stop. Okay, really? Dude, it dude. was not. It's not good for you, but it wasn't bad. Make sure you shop our affiliate I... links below. <laughs> the two youths over here arguing over White Castle. It's good, but it also gives you the shits. Um, <laughs> <shop our> Fire butt. <laughs> shop our affiliate links below. Oh. Uh, make sure you hit subscribe or give away a PS5 when we uh, get to 5,000 subs. Subs. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.